perspective, knowledge, and some fun along the way. This is The Truth on WTMJ, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue. Here's Dr. Ken Harris and Denise Thomas. Is that me actually singing with Denise when that opens up, or or is it? Because I know I know I sing better than that, so you know I'm just saying. Doctor Ken, yes, ma'am. Good evening. You already know this is going to be a very interesting conversation between you and I. I would actually, I would be even more specific to use the word dialogue. I would say contentious. Okay. <laughs> Good evening. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. I'm Dr. Ken Harris, and she is the magnanimous, the stupendous, the effervescent <laughs> communication coach. Are you coach. stuck? Communication did that, did coach. You, did, you get, did you get held the up real, on that one? The re- you know, it's a dramatic effect. The oh, real, okay. which, which, which in, in video and TV and radio works great, and... Um, Movies work great. Radio, eh, not so much. Not um, so much. Denise Thomas. How are you, ma'am? I, well. Note, notice that was a loaded question, right? I, I am not. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be in good health. I'm happy to have friends and family that are also in good health. However, I am not. As we enter the celebration of our country's declaration of independence which took place july 4th 1776 i to be fully transparent and and honestly fully honestly answer your question dr ken i'm i I feel like america is just slowly i wouldn't even say slowly surely getting to a position of where People who have traditionally and continue to be discriminated against in terms of access to education, promoting difference in the area specific to race, um, feeling a sense of belonging, feeling that we hold these truths to be self-evident, even though the we was written by all white men at the time, there were no other species or races considered because it just just didn't exist in terms of the the colonies the colonizers um the we right now as we celebrate july 4th i don't really feel good dr ken about celebrating independence day because again historically the and progress has been made dr ken i want to be clear but it's kind of like <laughs> telling somebody, and I know you'll appreciate this, Dr. Ken, it's, it's like me constantly coming home to you with Fs on my report card. And I finally get a C. And I'm like, look, Dad, I got a C. Reward me. Oh, you want me to reward you because you were failing and now you're average? That's kind of how I feel about this country in terms of our highest court's recent ruling and I know you and I are going to get into that in terms of affirmative action and what that truly means as far as this most recent Supreme Court justice ruling. 
you know, I'm not a sociologist, I'm not as intellectual as you, but I do have a public opinion as someone who has been a black woman in this country 47 years. So that's how I'm doing. I, I just I just say hello. How you doing? See, no, that's just, how I'm doing. It's it's I I I know that we agree. I'm trying to take a different perspective because my ending of my perspective might bring you back around to going. Oh, okay. And and so when when we come back, I wanna I, I wanna I wanna jump into um. The removal of the factor of race in affirmative action in colleges throughout the country. And for those of you who don't know, we'll we'll go through what occurred, what they talked about, what they came up with, uh, how it how it I believe drags America down in in a in a way that I understand what they did, why, and how. Yet, if we can look at it from a perspective, there were things in that decision that literally told colleges, do this. And I'm hoping that people will override, not not override, once they process their grief, process their uh, being upset, their emotion, which is, which is rightfully theirs, they should then... Look at the future, because I've already talked to some administrators at colleges locally, nationally, and they've already said, oh, by the way, we're going to do this. And I went, good. Like they actually sat down and thought about it. Now, they were thinking about it before this decision because they knew, you know, you can start to get some telltale signs that, hey, you know, that argument really didn't go well. We're probably going to lose. What are we going to do? And so those are some things I hope we talk about so that everyone can understand that there's a way around this. And I got some radical ways around it, too, though. You know. I, I can't wait to hear um, what you've heard or the outcomes of your discussion with local, state, yep. and national college administrators. So here's, here's all I'm going to say to our valued listeners, because this is the truth segment on WTMJ and the truth 101.7 FM, which is a sister station, part of good karma brands is a Milwaukee black talk radio show for those that are just tuning in and saying, who are these people and what are they talking about? So a lot of what I'm going to share comes from a point of view as someone who has benefited and needed affirmative action or needed for someone to say, we have to have more, representation from others outside of white people in predominantly white institutions, including colleges and universities. What I would be, I, I would really appreciate because a lot of times when you start talking about sensitive subject matters or controversial issues such as this, you fear what you don't understand. And for many, it's like, I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to say anything. But I'm tired of having conversations like this with just people who look like me. The old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. I am not going to allow this existing culture of if you disagree with me, you're canceled or you're dumb or, you know, you're, you're an idiot. 
I would love for us today to share different perspectives on how we're feeling about this very, it's a landmark ruling. This will go down in American history, Dr. Ken. Yep. And to our valued listeners, this is a this is this is up there with Roe versus Wade, Brown versus Board of Education. Yep. Yes, it is. This is a landmark ruling. And so if this is truly a country where all people that migrate into this country, although black people, we know black black Americans weren't my, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to America to live a better life. It was more so like I'm kidnapping you and I'm taking you here and I'm separating you from your family. I'm going to rape you and you're going to work sun up to sundown in extreme hot temperatures and you will not get any money for it. And every now and again, we'll sexually assault you as well to dehumanize you. So it would be very nice, respectful and human for our listeners, whatever you look like, whatever background, race, ethnicity, nationality, to just let me know, as a human being, as an American citizen, how do you feel about this? So when we come back, we're going to hear from Dr. Ken regarding his conversations with local, state, and national, so across the country, college administrators who, who, who basically make the decision on who's admitted, along with my opinion, my editorial, as an American citizen who is black and who is a woman, why I am disgusted insulted and disappointed by this landmark ruling from the Supreme Court of the United States. Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. We're here with Denise Thomas. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. Oh, National Bank. Hush, Denise. Get old. <laughs> See, I had to tell you that before I said it because now you get old. So, so uh, if you have a comment, I am interested in whether or not you are in agreement with the Supreme Court ruling or in disagreement with the Supreme Court ruling and why. This is a place where you can speak your mind and within reason, right, say what you need to say. And so I'm, I'm interested in knowing, don't make any assumptions about our end point or we're against it because we're black and all kind of Instead of trying to counter what we say, just say what you're saying. And so with that, I think it's interesting that both sides have an argument that neither of them is correct on. So those that say we've destroyed and thrown out race and it's terrible and we got rid of affirmative action clearly didn't read the decision. And those who said we won... We got rid of affirmative action, clearly didn't read the decision. And so it's a little disingenuous for reporters to report in the news that affirmative action was overturned. And it's disingenuous for conservatives in the news to say that we won. Because what exactly did you win? You didn't stop black people from going to any college they wanted to. You just made it more difficult for the university to be able to openly choose. And so when you, when you read the syllabus, the first eight pages of the decision by the Supreme Court, where... Um, Dr. Ken, nobody has read the syllabus where, but you. Where, where justice... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> where, where the when you read the syllabus... Okay, actually I'm sorry. Go ahead. explains these, this is the case law. And he goes all the way back to Plessy v. Ferguson. He goes all the way back to the Bakke decision. He goes all the way back to all those things that have impacted race and discrimination in black people, Hispanic, Asian, 
Pacific Islander, Native Americans in America in higher education. One of the things they talk about are the five or six categories that in admissions they look at, right? You know, test score, uh, where are you from, this, this, this. And then they have a section called personal essay. Well, the last segment, and, and, and forgive me, I don't have the syllabus in front of me. The last segment, one of the factors included race. So what happens is you go through the process and you submit your application. Your application goes to a blind, um, through a blind, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's like through, not a blind study, but it goes through a blind choosing, right? And they, they fare it through. And, and, and there's one section of it they call lopping. And so they kind of look at it and they read it and you, you kind of go into two piles. Yep, let's consider this. No, we're not considering that. And that's it. When you're done, because they don't have race and gender and all that, the problem with it is when it went to the final committee, they saw all the information. And in their last section that they used, they were able to use race as one of the factors to say you get in, you don't get in. And why is that? that that's how admissions did it. That, no, that's I'm how asking, they, from, your, from your point of view and your expertise and your experience, why, why is that? I, I don't understand what it is you're asking me. I don't work in admissions well, at a university. So this okay, is the process. Continue. That they I'll, I'll answer your yeah, question. Okay. Why, the reason why I asked that question. Um, so, so, they, so what they did is they just... They got to the point where they said, we're just going to use this. And they chose race and they decided these are the people we're going to let in. These are we we're not. And part of our part of our criteria is race. That was at the end point with the full committee. The argument that University of North Carolina and Harvard College used was, hey, we want to create an atmosphere. We want to create and and and. And the chief justice goes through all the, we want to create a good atmosphere where we're able to uh, see a diverse workforce. We're able to see and share knowledge and experiences in the classroom, right? The issue is under the 14th Amendment, you have to use what's called strict scrutiny. In other words, it needs to be measurable for it to, to matter. So before, you know, back in the old age, you know, that old National Bank got old back when I was in school. Um, we used the personal essay, right? Because we were taught, hey, you know, the place to put it because they don't look at it and it's blind in your personal essay. Make sure you put, hey, you know, born on South Side of Chicago. My parents got divorced. My father died. We were on welfare, blah, 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 blah. And I got in college. That was the ticket. Today, so if a if a white student were to write the same essay, yes, you know, I grew up in you know a lower income neighborhood. Yes, I'm white. My parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. Would it have the same effect? Yes, because of this, I'm able to measure word to word. I'm able to measure this happened to them, that happened to that, and then I can go in and show you that we have this amount of kids who came from that kind of household. We've got this amount of kids that had free lunch and free breakfast. We have this amount of kids, and we can pretend like it's... So what if, what if so, both students, the one student that's white and the one student that's black that's applying, mm -hmm. omits their race and says, I came from a low-income neighborhood. My parents got divorced when I was three. Um, I lived in a trailer park, or I lived, I mean, or I lived in the housing projects, but the race factor mm -hmm. was omitted. Okay. Would it still have... 
the same impact? Yes, because they have your zip code. So, okay. So, so they that, know. See what I mean? All the information, right? It was one of those, we're just going to do it like this and that's it. When they remove that, when they stop doing that, it became unmeasurable. I, I can't measure things like your ethics are going to be more sound. Like, how do you measure that, right? And they gave no argument as to say, this is how we measure it. So they kind of jacked themselves. But we're, we're behind the break. When we come back after the news, Denise is going to have her <clears throat> second pontification on um, affirmative action in admissions. The next voice you hear from the WTMJ Breaking News Center is going to be Patrick Kane. We'll be right back. Back to the truth on WTMJ. You're listening to, let me see, Dr. Ken, Dr. Dre. Sounds kind of cool there. What's funny? What's funny? His his doctorate was a little bit different. You are listening to the truth segment on WTMJ. Of chronic. A whole nother conversation, Dr. Ken. <laughs> you are listening to the truth segment on WTMJ with Dr. Ken Harris and the effective communication coach Denise Thomas. Hope you are having a great weekend, which hopefully for you is an extended weekend as we embark on what is known traditionally as Independence Day, July 4th. And I'm going to first. In response, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about the landmark ruling from the Supreme Court of the United States, states, which basically now limits, or even I would say remove, affirmative action. And Dr. Ken will say it wasn't removed; it was race. It, it okay, race you, from affirmative. Okay, race-based decisions regarding college admission. Um, was is now no longer a factor. So you cannot utilize race as a factor in student admin- admissions across colleges and universities, United States, period. It's a landmark ruling. It took place on Thursday. It's been very controversial. Some people uh, approve, some people don't. According to ABC News, most Americans approve. Now, let me give you my op-ed. I'm going to start with uh, on the truth, or excuse me, I was going to say the truth talking text line, on the old National Bank talk and text line one of our valued listeners sent the following message and i want to respond to that it says quote i think affirmative action meant well but in fact increased discrimination kind of the question i've always asked with little league baseball at what point do you earn your playing time at what point are consequences applied to your behavior at what point do you have to earn your way into a university Thank you so much for taking the time to listen as well as share that very interesting perspective. And I agree with you. And let me tell you why or share with you why I agree. First, as a human being, and this is my point of view. This is not Dr. Ken. This is not WTMJ. For me, Denise Thomas, as a human being, I always want to be retained, hired, appreciated based on my character, based on my intellect, based on my expertise, just based on me being someone who would bring value to any relationship, whether it's professional, personal. I don't ever want somebody to say, well, you know, the only reason why Denise is here is because she's black and she's a woman. So we got two. We knocked out two. I don't ever, I've never wanted to be that person that just benefited based on my race and or gender. 
With that being said, the reality is that I know because of my race and gender in this country, people just looking at me, not all people, but a significant in the sense of decision makers regarding college admission as well up to employment would just look at me and see a black woman who they don't regard as a leader. They don't regard as an intellectual person, someone who's competent, someone who can make decisions effectively. Oftentimes I have been regarded as someone who can be an assistant, be it be a support. And so with that, here's my op-ed, Dr. Ken, and to our valued listeners. My son, Darren, is 25 years old. And I remember this conversation vividly as if it took place yesterday. When we lived in Greenfield, Wisconsin, my, both of my children, adult children now, they attended Whitnall High School and they attended Whitnall Middle School. During my son's senior year, he came to me and he said, Mom, one of his friends, sister, applied to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And she had her heart set. By the way, my son's friend's sister is a white lady. She had her heart set. And I know that feeling. When you want to attend a certain college or university that you've been admiring since you were knee-high, as we say in the South, knee-high to a duck's butt, I get it. She was not admitted. She applied and received that thin envelope from the University of Wisconsin-Madison that said, we regret to inform you that based on whatever, whatever they say in those letters, it's been a while since I've received those letters, you will not be admitted. Her parents, as parents do when your child is upset, you want to console them, you want to nurture them. Her parents said to her, the reason why you weren't admitted is because they had to give it to a minority. And my son said that when his friend, who was the brother of the young white girl that was not admitted to the UW or UW Madison, he said he felt as though his brother was mad at him. Like, my sister can't go to this prestigious institution of higher learning because of minorities like you that are taken over and have to check a box. Now, my son was admitted to Virginia Tech University. Was it because he was black? Absolutely, partially. Because again, when he, when he attended Virginia Tech, he was in gifted and talented courses, AP courses. However, the reality was there was a quota that needed to be met because Virginia Tech is not a private school. It depends on federal aid, federal funding from the state, from the federal government. So, boom. It is very controversial. However, and I know we got to go to break, I will say this. If I lived in a country that did not remind me every day where innocent black people are being murdered, cold-blooded shot for knocking on their neighbor's door, 
if we lived in a country where I did not see people who look like my son being br brutally murdered by some police, I'm not saying all police officers, by a significant number because of their race and gender, then I wouldn't have a problem with this because it starts post-secondary education. When we come back from break, I would, again, I'm, I'm, I want to hear from whoever has an opinion on this, and I appreciate the last text that we received, because as a black woman in this country, I'm torn between whether or not I'm for it or not. We also have a caller. Caller, please hold. We've got, oh, we can, oh, we can take the caller? I love live radio. No? Okay. When we come back from break, we're going to continue this conversation regarding the most recent Supreme Court of the United States ruling, which is going to be a landmark ruling that no longer allows colleges and universities to use race as a decision-making factor when deciding whether or not to admit students. Again, you are listening to The Truth Segment on WTMJ with Dr. Ken and Denise Thomas. We'll be back. This is The Truth on WTMJ. Dr. Ken Harris, Denise Thomas. 855-616-1620. Give us a call on the old National Bank talk and text line. Not to be confused with old Denise. <laughs> I, you know, it's getting, speaking of old, uh -oh. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of having these conversations about race in America when so many times I've heard, why does it always have to be about race? Why are we always talking about race? I'm reminded every day. Well, when you got enough people, you don't really have to have a conversation about race, right? When when you're enough of the majority, it kind of goes away. Now, if you're just tuning in, we have been discussing the recent Supreme Court of the United States ruling restricting the use of race as a factor in college admissions throughout this country. Now, we all know whether it's politics, whether it's social justice movements, this country is more divided on these type of like high-profile rulings than ever before. Again, this, this is up there with the Roe versus Wade regarding women's right to abortion, as well as Brown versus Board of Education, which basically desegregated public schools. Now, on Thursday, the Supreme Court set new limits on affirmative action programs in cases involving whether public and private colleges and universities can continue to use race as a factor during the student admission process. According to ABC News, a little more than half Americans, 52%, and again, I don't know what Americans were surveyed or were polled, but according to ABC News, 52% of Americans approve of the U.S. Supreme Court decision on restricting the use of race as a factor in college admissions, while 32% disapprove and 16% say they don't know. Now, of course, let's play the game. We got to make it even further uh, political. According to ABC News, a majority of Republicans, 75% and independents in terms of political party, 58% approve the ruling while a distinct minority of Democrats approve 26%. I don't want to be admitted to anything 
just based on my color and my gender. However, I don't live in that kind of country where people see me as intellectual, as qualified. Now, I'm not saying all people, but trust me, y'all, I've been black and a woman for 47 years. I can tell you that I've, I have literally been in a cube at my job and I heard HR and I will not disclose who these employers were. This was about, I'd say 15 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, where I distinctly remember sitting in my cube and I heard an HR leader in an office of a C-suite executive who happened to be a white man and say, oh yeah, yeah, they'd be good. They're a good diversity candidate. Not, oh yeah, they'd be good. Man, they bring a lot of key components of what we're looking for in terms of success and the role and the responsibilities. I've heard employers say, we're going to check a box. Now, I also have heard people say, I mean, yeah, we can hire a minority, but But are they really going to fit in? Exactly. They're going to fit in. And when we come back from break, I'm, I'm going to continue to share with you, Dr. Ken, on why I'm divided on this. Because when my son was accepted to Virginia Tech University and he attended for a semester, one of the biggest reasons was we were so excited that he was accepted into this prestigious institution of higher learning, but we did not prepare or expect how he would be treated once he was admitted. We'll be back. Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. Dr. Ken Harris, Denise Thomas, Truth on TMJ. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to flip the script and look at school loan decision from the from SCOTUS and see how it how it'll really affect Wisconsin and how how will it what do people really really think about the fact that Biden never really had the power to do it anyway. You voted for him. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And now he's, quote, unquote, upset about something that his own Speaker of the House, who at, at, at the time, Nancy Pelosi, and the House Ways and Means Committee, where all financial things in America start, budgets, everything, what you're going to spend, what you're going to cut, told him, hey, dude, that's cute while you're running for office, but you can't do that. You know, Dr. Ken, you, I really wish people including myself, would, would quit falling for the okey-doke. Yep. Because at the end of the day, the President of the United States Lie. really only has the authority to do one thing. He is the Commander-in-Chief of the military. Yep. We have three branches in this country. The Executive, which is President Biden. The Legislative, which is basically where all the bills and right. all the laws are, are made and introduced. And if you really want to go there, who really, as we can tell, who has the power? Supreme Court. It's the judicial branch of the, the, the government, and that is the Supreme Court of the United States. So again, you have executive, legislative, and judicial. And now, so I, now, the legislative I can, can still come behind the Supreme Court and tweak and change a law and present something that's now legislated. Yes, but my, my, and I, you're absolutely correct, and thank you for that clarifying point. Bottom line is that I'm tired of people who are running for president when they're campaigning. Because again, like I said, Dr. Ken, the average American, 
we ain't as smart like you. You don't have just tell I'm done. Just tell us give it I'm we done. not. I can't I can't argue with that. Give us give it give it to us. <laughs> I can't argue give it, with Give it to us. Give it to us like at the third Dumb grade it down. level. Dumb I'm, it down. Yes. Dumb it down. Wow. And so if you if you wow. say I'm going to when you when I when I win or when I'm president of the United States, I'm gonna make sure that every student loan it's forgiven, which is what Joe Biden said numerous times during his campaign, President Joe Biden. And what should he have added to that? Through the legislative process. And, then and that's the weird where... part about it is there was a time when you had both Republican, I'm sorry, both Democratic levels, and we still messed it up. You can, oh, Let me just say this really quick. People can say whatever they want as far as like, you know, black people regarding President Trump. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing President Trump did that President Biden has not. He approved millions of dollars. If we take a break, I'm going to actually get the facts. I want, I always want to be a fact-based as much as I can when I'm giving information. President Trump issued a significant amount of money yep. to historically black colleges yep. and universities. See, we don't talk about that. Right. We, we come back from break. Yep. We're going. I'm going to close that out because... Again, this is why we have to hold elected officials accountable. Yep. And, be, and when they're writing checks like, I'm going to make sure that every student loan is forgiven. And you can't. Please, y'all, yep. yep. join us in this conversation. The Old National Bank talk line. Call in. We want to hear your voice. It's very valuable. Deserves to be heard. It's 855 616 one six two zero again the old national bank call in and you can kind of text we'd rather hear your voice is eight five five six one six one six twenty we want to have a healthy dialogue there's no right or wrong hey ed. we have a caller yes we do wonderful ed from waterford you are on 620 wtmj okay well thanks for taking my call uh you made uh, there was a comment made about uh, this gal did not get into UW-Madison uh, because a black student or black person took her place. I, I beg to differ on that quite a bit. I'll tell you, the problem with UW-Madison is they take about 50% of the students are from out of state. And part of the problem there is, of course, they get a much bigger tuition. And I can give you another example. Uh, my grandson uh, was going to uw and he had a 3.8 average, and he was rejected from the business school. And he was, you know, he was uh, he was going into his third year and was going to major in in accounting. And uh, they turned him down. And I, I and I believe it had to do with uh, the quota for out-of-state students. Well, just so you know, Ed, quotas are illegal. In higher education, in the law, law enforcement, all that. So I think what happens, and I think that's why the state legislature said there were there were some things they were going to make changes to the UW system that the first, what was it, 5% of every student? I can't remember if it was 5 or 15%. But every graduating, every high school in Wisconsin, the top 5% got automatic admission into UW-Madison. That way it alleviated all these people from out of state rolling in and saying, well, you know, 
Denise can pay $10,000. Dr. Kent can only pay eight because he's from in-state. We're going to take Denise. And you have no way of knowing that. But they, they do know because they got your what? They got your zip code. And so they're and I, able I to make those choices. That's, that's a good point, Ed. Appreciate your call. Yeah, thank you, Ed. And I do want to clarify the parent of the, at the time, you know, white lady, my, my son's friend's sister, the parents told her that to console her. Right, which is that ridiculous. Was not a, yeah, they, they were like, honey, don't be upset. You weren't admitted because they had to admit a minority. Wink, wink. Also, I want to just add on some fact information, some fact-based information. We were talking about President Joe Biden writing a check around being able to forgive student loans that he obviously can't cash because that wasn't in his jurisdiction. As we're talking about, (laughs) like I'm trying to be nice, as we're talking (laughs) about uh, the removal of race factors when decisions are being made, uh, in particular regarding admission, I do want to say this. In December of 2019, President Donald Trump signed a bar- bipartisan bill that permanently, so even in 2023, provides more than $250 million a year to historically black colleges and universities in this country, along with other institutions of higher learning that serve large shares of non-white students. And President Trump and I quote, when I took office, I promised to fight for HBCUs and my administration continues to deliver. A few months ago, funding for HBCUs was in jeopardy. That's a fact or that was a fact in 2019. But the White House and Congress came together and reached a historic agreement. So I I, want to be clear, Dr. Ken and I, contrary to popular belief, you know, it's like all black people are Democrat or all black people are for uh, Joe Biden. I'm for any leader who was effective in making sure that all human beings, all wait, human wait, beings. Wait, wait, wait. Say that, that again. Are, all. All human beings mm. yep. that are taxpaying, law-abiding citizens of this country have access to win. Equally. Whatever winning looks like for you. Equally. Equally. Yep. That's that's all I care about. That's it. And that's so, why we're here you know, on Sunday nights doing the truth. Exactly. That's it. So I just wanted to add that clarification. I'm all for who whoever is going to make sure that every we as part of the we hold these truths to be self-evident that all and I'm going to replace the word men with humans are created equal. That's what I care about for me, my kids, my future grandkids, which better not come too soon because I'm too fine to be a grandma. But anywho. That's what matters to me. This ruling, this landmark ruling from the Supreme Court, I have mixed emotions. But my thing is, and I know we got to go to break and we come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just clarify why, even though people should not be admitted just based on race, while it, why it is still necessary because there are a significant number of decision makers that are going to interpret this now as we don't have to let non-white kids come to school anymore. We'll talk more about it when we come back from break. Perspective, knowledge, and some fun along the way. This is The Truth on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue, here's Dr. Ken Harris and Denise Thomas. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. 
I'm here with Denise Thomas and Dr. Ken Harris. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get Dr. Ken. Oh, I'm sorry, get old. So, I mean... I mean, come on, Patrick, come on. And then he starts laughing. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Really? All right. I'm not listening to you anymore. Margie from Mount Pleasant, you are on 620 WTMJ. How are you? I'm doing great. I love you guys. Thank you for your Oh, we love you back. I I do. And I just have to say that, first of all, I want to find out who came up with this brilliant idea for student loan forgiveness because in my opinion it's strictly um buying votes for their promises and i want to make it clear that i am like you i don't vote against a party line i vote for who i think is going to do the best job and be the most honest and do what's right but for them to say oh it's fair for somebody who has paid so for myself paid for both of my children and I put myself through college as an adult and I paid off all my loans, but for somebody else who decided not to go to college or went to a trade school because they wanted to be fiscally responsible and couldn't, did not feel they could afford it, but yet I'm going to have to pay off your loans because you were irresponsible and signed up for something. I do have to say, however, that I'm willing to negotiate on interest because some of those student loan interest um, rates are excessively high. But your principal should have to be repaid. And I don't care, 20 or 30 years, you made that bargain. Okay, I can't afford my car. I can't afford my house. You're going to pay it off for me? Thank you. Well, Margie, thank you so much for your call. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Well, I want to look at something that Margie said that bothers me when people say that. Number one, people tend to have a habit of assigning why somebody did something without having any information, data, questions, nothing as to why they got a school loan. So when you say they're irresponsible, that's kind of insult. No, that's a lie. That's insulting because what you're doing is you're thinking for me, saying the reason why I got a loan to go to school because everywhere in America says, hey, if you want a piece of the pie, blah, 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 all these things you hear from the time you're born to the time you go to, to college is the thing is to go to college. Now, the only college that'll take me is the college that'll take me, and here's the tuition. And my lot in life, as as we well know, there are many black, I'm sorry, non-white people who have been discriminated against to the point where they were not able to own the real estate in order to have the revenue, right? They were not able to get in certain banks because they weren't able to do it, couldn't start businesses, couldn't get jobs. So when you talk about the fact that Many black and brown people were literally by law through the 1970s behind the curve because the law stopped us from being able to make enough money and have enough business and live in the right places in order to have enough money to pay for school for our children. It forced us to get school loans. Then the schools then took advantage of us because we what? Oh, yeah, you can do it. 
And then you go to school and you find out you don't quite have enough money to finish because tuition keeps going up and you end up dropping out. On top of that, I'm in a system where I've just paid you, I don't know, $45,000 a year for two years. But if I want a $6 uh, um, record of my grades, you tell me I got to pay you. Oh, by the way, you got to pay your loan off first, the money you owe the school. Then we'll give you a $6. Like it, It's so set up against a student that the only way that you can right that wrong is to forgive my debt. Well, okay, so I'm with Margie on this principle, and I'm, I'm sure she and I, in, in terms of what she shared, have the same values. If you, that's why I always tell my, <laughs> I tell my family members who sometimes may call me and say, "Hey, Denise, can I borrow?" I'm like, "Let me stop you right there. I'm not loaning you any money because I don't want the battle of, hey, when you gonna pay me back? When you gonna pay me back? When you gonna pay me back? Because obviously, if you don't have it." You probably got already enough stress in your life to where you don't need me saying, because anytime, typically when a family member calls you and says, can I borrow this amount of money? They'll say, I'm going to pay you right back. Knowing that they're not, because if you had it to begin with to pay me right back, you wouldn't need to ask for money. I, I, I agree with Margie in terms of if you, if you borrow or take a loan, Read the fine print, but whatever, know that you will have to pay it back. Now, on the other hand, going along the lines of what you said, Dr. Ken, is that it's not so much, and I'm speaking from experience. Now, again, I, Margie, I'm with you. I was like, man, I wish this student loan forgiveness was around when, you know, I was having many, I was getting threatened, threat letters, and you can't do this until you pay this off. This has everything to do with, and I'm not even going to say the, the, the organizations that primarily are responsible for student loans. Yep. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to get in trouble. But this is not just the principal balance. We're talking about astronomical amounts of interest being that reported to credit bureaus. Stops. That never stops. That are reported to credit bureaus that are placed in default. And you have, I mean, you're, you already have this $150,000 debt and you're, you're working at a company that's paying you like 30 or 40,000 a year as an entry level or, you know, new graduate. And it's just ridiculous. And on top of that, it, it, it costs the federal government so much money. Whereas if the federal government would focus on programs that eliminate these high interest rates, these you know credit bureau reports, that's where the funding should start. It shouldn't be for loan forgiveness. It should be that if you borrow, which I think is what President Biden and the Department of Education are trying to do now in this new income-driven loan repayment plan, Margie, I'm with you. But again... I don't know what year you graduated from college. I graduated from college in 2006. I had a significant amount of debt, but it wasn't because of the principal. It's because all these other things and the systemic issues that face it. So I don't think the federal government and President Biden should be focusing on forgiveness. I think they needed to reevaluate, hey, cap it at this much. Don't apply these ridiculous double-digit interest rates. Don't report to the credit bureaus because a lot of employers – what do they do, Margie? 
they run a credit check to see whether or not you can be hired. So all these different systemic barriers that come from student loan debt, that's where we should first start. And that's where the president could, again, work with federal loans programs and the federal government. That's what should be reevaluated. We'll talk more about this when we come back. Oh, nice. I know Dr. Bank. Ken. Talking He's got his line, intellectual hat on. See, see I'm public school, Evansville, Indiana. See, yeah, when he comes back, he's going to have like the eight-syllable words. So all the intellects out yeah, there see, that are listening, the, the dummy has has finished speaking. Yeah, see, we'll come me. back with the intellect. See, 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 <laughs> oh, but, yeah, we want people to call in. Oh, National people. Bank talking text line. Is that? Can I read it now? Read yes, it now? go ahead, Dr. Ken. 1620 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ, 855-616-1620 is the number. So we always talk about reparations and we talk about how we need to be paid and, and all that, right? Because make, make up for all the dastardly things that America has done to um, black African-American, Hispanic. $425 million so to be so exact per black person in this country. Not that I'm counting, but that was about a month ago. So it's probably a little higher than that. I'm well, I don't, I don't know if I'm positive or negative with it. I just know, I just know that, that in the end, if you really wanted to offset the all the issues we have with inflation, all the issues we have with COVID, all all the issues we have with too much money. You could have easily just paid back one point four trillion in school loans, and allowed who granted the majority of the people with school loans, not in terms of amount, but people are not black people. They're white females who went to Wellesley and. Smith College and so on and so right so so let's let's just be real in the end had you done that they would have put a significant num- amount of money back into the economy because now they have disposable income and they would have put it into credit cards and all that stuff and how, how you feel about it is irrelevant but the fact that they would have been able to put that money back into the economy we would not even have experienced the recession in my estimation being a schoolyard economist, (laughs) but we decided not to do that. And now we've caused things like the city of Milwaukee to even have to get a, get a WTMJ listeners. It sounds like Dr. Ken needs to run for office. No, that ain't happening. Why not? I'd rather be a king maker than a king. Ooh, what about an advisor? Would you say like if king maker, the newly elected president, 2020, when they take office in January of 2025 and uh-huh. they called you up and said, we want you to be a senior advisor to this administration. Would you say yes or no? I think you should say yes. At that point, that they, I would not care if it was Republican or Democrat. No, no, exactly. I'm, if I'm you asking ask me like, to would serve. You, I'm going to serve. You're going to serve your country. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you right now as the effective communication coach, I tell all my, friends, including my black friends, if president Trump would have called me and said, Denise, can you come and serve as a communications advisor? Absolutely. You think I wouldn't? 
Absolutely. That's a no-brainer. My ancestors died, fought, built the White House. You think I'm not? I digress, though. But I think, Dr. Ken, you should definitely consider. Who knows? You might, don't you they might have get to that ask phone call. First? Don't they have to ask first? Well, they will. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think if President Trump is reelected, I don't think he's going to be like, hey, Dr. Ken, this is, I mean, he's going to be like, you've been chosen. <laughs> I can hear him now. Like, but what about Biden? Will, will Biden call me too? Hey, Kenny Ken. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. That's not my yeah, name. That I think, I think President Trump would be like, hey, Dr. Ken. Hey, buddy. It's President, it, yeah, it's <laughs> President Donald J. Trump. You have been chosen to serve under my administration as a senior deputy counselor, senior advisor. President Biden would try to be, you know, because what did he say? If you if you don't vote for me, you're not black. So, yeah, it right. would be more like, what's up, Ken? You know, how you doing, brother? I'm still, I'm still looking for all the actual black people other than a spokesperson that's in his cabinet. But that's another issue. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd, Austin, is, Lloyd Austin's uh, sec def. You know, Secretary of Defense. WTMJ. And that's, yeah. I I will say this to you. To our valued listeners, the Republican National Convention will be hosted by the city of Milwaukee next year. Yep. If you think, if you think, and I don't think you think it, but let me just say that for maybe the few people that do. If you think this is going to be all white people or hispanic people that are all MAGA vote, republicans yep or vote based vote. on religion let me tell y'all milwaukee you're gonna be surprised at the number of black republicans that show up because i'm, I'm already getting phone calls from my black friends that are that are voting diehard dedicated committed republicans they are already calling me saying where's the party at what are we doing where are we meeting where's gonna be our caucus yep so Milwaukee, I'm just telling you right now, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever your race, ethnicity, or nationality is, do not think it's going to be just all white, conservative, Christian vote. No. The evolution of the Republican Party is changing, including race. Can I say It's going to be a lot of black Republicans in Milwaukee during the National Convention of the Republican Party. Can, can I say that in black vernacular? Yes. It's going to be on and cracking. It's going to be on a cracking. And I, I'm actually, I'm going to come with my popcorn <laughs> and my, <laughs> I would, and I my would tea. Love to, I would love to do my show from, from 1017 The Truth from Republican. Oh, we yeah. will. Yeah. What do you mean? We will. I want to be there. I want to be there. Dr. Ken, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm all, my, my black Republican friends are already calling me and saying, what are you putting together, Denise? What are mm-hmm. we doing? And I mean, and let me be clear, y'all, because if you don't know. Uh-huh. I have some I have some friends and I mean friends I can call right now that worked for President Trump. I'm talking about in his Oval Office and I can't get into too many other details. But I'm telling you right now, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee is going to look very different yep. from previous Republican National Conventions. Yes, Trust is. and believe. You're listening to the truth on TMJ. Oh, National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. When we come back, Richard from Richfield on the talk and text line. Back to the truth on WTMJ.
You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Rich from Richfield said, my daughter is stuck with huge loans for vet school in London because Madison wanted the higher paying out-of-state student. So I just told her come time to need to start paying, pay the minimum. And when I die, my life insurance will pay it off and more. But hey, at least... Let us taxpaying Wisconsin citizens go to the in-state colleges at least, because otherwise she's 3,991 miles away from home for no good reason. I'm, I so agree. Like, what? first of all, I don't even understand why colleges and universities in this country charge what they charge. That's why, if you've noticed but, but I gotta applications. Have a, but I got to have everything. I got to have a... Uh, well, watch this. I got a DEI person in every single major at UW-Madison costing almost $300 million a year. Why? All I will say this. If, if this keeps up, American colleges and universities are going to be in a crisis with students wanting to apply. Um, I believe... And I'm, let me do a fact check here. It appears as though across the country, undergraduate college enrollment has dropped already 8% from yeah. 2019 to 2022. And I know a lot of that is, is also COVID-related because a lot of students did not want to return right. to in-person classes. Right. However, it also has to do with why would I sign up to be in debt? I saw what it did to my mom and dad or my parents and I don't want to. I don't want to inherit that kind of debt and stress. When all I got to do is make a TikTok video and make a million dollars in can, three can months. Can I throw another monkey wrench in? Yes. We lost seven percent. I'm sorry. We lost eight percent. Based on the numbers, they knew that because children were not born in 2025, there would be a 15 percent drop in the number of students eligible to go to college. Not going. Those eligible. 15% of them are not there. Let's add on the 7% because those are the kids that were already going to college in 2020, 2021, and that's down 7%. Last time I checked, that, of, that comes out to about a 22% drop by the time we get to 2025. And if any more of those kids decide not to go to school, you're talking a significant drop in students with universities that have billions of dollars on the line for all sorts of ridiculous things in school. My daughter went to UW-Madison, and, and I love UW-Madison. I support it. It's a great school. But when she went to school there, there were so many levels and layers of administration and people to sign this and do this and do that. And then she transferred, and she went to this little school in Illinois called Knox College one of the finest liberal arts institutions I've ever seen and been to in my life. And she thrived. I mean, mm. just thrived. And so it, 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 they didn't have all the accoutrements and the big engineering school and the this and the that and the, you know, they just, but they she just felt got like right. she belonged there. She, she belonged. It was healthy and, and she belonged there. And roughly what? 80, 90 percent like their their claim to fame is that the majority of their students go on and get graduate degrees. Like who can say that? Right. 
They've had some phenomenal alumni. No, that's 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 exceptional. That's amazing. Guess how many students? And you bring up a great point because what I find interesting, Doctor Ken, is that Thursday, when the ruling from the Supreme Court justice, which mm-hmm. basically banned the race factor uh, during the college admission process in this country, was was made, more younger people were protesting the student debt or student loan forgiveness Correct. than they were the ruling on removing race. I thought that was right. very interesting. Yeah. And so when you look yeah. at the statistics, the numbers that clearly show that high school students, when they graduate from high school, are not as <laughs> are not even desired. thinking about college. Yeah, they're not thinking about college. <laughs> and so here's the thing, too. Number one, they saw what it did to their parents. And when I say it, I mean student loan debt. Like we really Number, don't have a better life today with our parents because our parents have to pay back school loans. Exactly. That's and then you have, and I think Margie had brought this up, or one of the other uh, valued listeners was talking about, you know, trade school. I can spend a fraction yep. of the average cost to attend a four-year college or university, graduate in two years, and I could make, if not even more money than I would, and not have all that student loan debt. You, you don't have to remember. By the way, that I you can make can a TikTok. Do that the first year out of school, right? Right. You don't have to remind us of that, do you? I can make a TikTok video too, man. <laughs> These young people, they are. I'm serious. No, no, I'm not. I'm and not so, laughing. I'm it's, in agreement. It's. Yeah, it's interesting that the perception of the value of a college degree is completely different with, and I'll say Gen Zers and the younger years of millennials than for Gen Xers, baby boomers, and so forth. Because I grew up in a household, Dr. Ken, where my mother, she's Guyanese, she came to this country when she married my father. There wasn't a day. Denise, when you graduate, Denise, when you graduate, Denise, when you graduate, Denise, when you graduate. I I didn't come here and get all this stuff and do all this work for you not to graduate man. from college. What's wrong with you, girl? You better go on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. What you do? And what I'm, I'm about for? to make one of the most controversial statements, and I'm glad we're going to break when I make this statement. Yeah, because y'all could text her. I never had a des- I never had a high regard for higher education in this country. And I'll tell you why when we come back. But I was good without college. Denise Thomas, <laughs> the effective communication coach, said that. I <sighs> teach in higher education. I did not say it. My I do name, too. My name is Jimbo. But my classes Bob. are fun. This is not Dr. Candy, Jimbo. I'm Bob. going to tell you why when we come back from break. <laughs> Oh, National Bank. Thanks for having my back, Dr. Ken. (laughs) That was not me. Huh? 1620. Old National Bank. Get old. This is The Truth on WTMJ. You are listening to The Truth segment on WTMJ. With Dr. Ken Harris, who is having a moment of just jam session, and this is your co-host, Denise Thomas, also known as DT, the Effective Communication Coach. Thank you so much for the, sharing. The, 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 your, the cameras aren't on all that. We're not on YouTube. They are. Okay, I good. hope they're on. I hope everybody can see you. 
um, for sharing your Monday, or excuse me, your Sunday evening. <laughs> and what I hope is going to be an extended weekend for you. I hope many of you that are listening don't have to get up in the morning like I do. You're going you going to work do, in the morning? You're going to work in the morning on 101.7? I am. I am co-hosting our show, The Truth Be Told, with DT and Telly. From 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 101.7 FM. And you can also stay tuned and hear from Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken, are you, is your show taking place tomorrow? Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes, ma'am, Well, there you go. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So we can start your day with Truth Be Told with DT and Telly from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And we'll wrap up your day tomorrow with Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time. If you're just tuning in, we've been talking about the landmark Supreme Court justice ruling, which became official on Thursday. Colleges and universities in the country, in the United States of America, no longer use race as a factor during the college admission process. We've also been talking about student loan debt, student loan forgiveness, because what I find interesting, Dr. Ken, is that most of the young people I haven't seen responding to this new ruling regarding race, but they sure enough have been on the stairs of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., saying, we need our student loans removed. But they're, but they're at the wrong place. It's not the Supreme Court. It's the White House. You need to be talking to the White House and talking to your legislators saying, hey, we need relief. Now, you relieved all the banks. You relieved all the businesses. You gave relief to all these Americans. You gave relief for COVID. But when you took 20 percent of that, that should have went to school loans. All of a sudden you're on your high horse about how I didn't make the debt. Don't pay it. Well, as a black man, you owe me. You oh, owe my, my family. You owe I my relatives. I want my reparation check right now. Well, I would prefer my grandchildren. I'm, I, no. I look at reparations as me planting a seed whose shade I'm never going to sit under. But my grandkids will. And that's what I'm looking at. My great-grandkids will. For our valued listeners that may be struggling with Dr. Ken and I's. She won't have money opinion regarding reparation valid and as an adult i do not uh ever try to convince someone who's committed to having a certain perspective to change their views but i will say this if you have not yet visited because it meant a lot of us we appreciate museums we appreciate make institutions of history don't make me cry now if you have not if 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 you if you were exposed to slavery during your U.S. history courses in grade school through maybe a class that you enrolled in in college, let me share with you, not as a black woman, but as a fellow American citizen, please, just like many of us have, have visited the Holocaust museums across the country, make the time to visit the Legacy Museum of Social Justice in Montgomery, Alabama, the Civil Rights Institute in Birmingham, Alabama, as well as consider visiting the National African American Museum, which is part of the Smithsonian Institute yep. in our nation's capital. Yes. 
if you have not already, please consider making the time to visit all of those, if at least one of those, so that you can receive a true experience and education on what the transatlantic transport of Africans across the Atlantic Ocean who became then enslaved people, how that whole process took place, what slavery was truly about because it was human trafficking, kidnapping, sexual assault, division of families. And I'm just giving the tip of the the iceberg. But please do not, when you hear black people talk about reparation, you're like, if you've been to the Holocaust Museum, if you've studied about other human races and human species that have went through the enslavement and murder, please make sure you do the same thing for, for black Americans. It will give you a newfound appreciation on words like affirmative action, words like reparation, and most importantly, equality. Please consider doing that. And if you want somebody to go with you, I'll go with you. Because in case you didn't know, I'm my own CEO. Anybody right now who calls in and our, what is that? I always want to say the Truth and Talk Lex line, but it's the WTMJ, Old National Bank, talk and text line, 855-616-1620. You call this number right now. Let me know you're interested in going. I'll go with you. And that is a 100% guarantee. That's all I got to say about that. Let me know. I'll go with you. Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. You know, Evan, our amazing producer, shout to Evan. Evan, however, you, you got you to gotta quit letting Dr. Ken select the playlist because these are all songs that are ancient like him. I, I mean, have not chosen the playlist. Like I did not touch the playlist. Well, I didn't I just ask find it for anything to be played. And if quiet is kept, Mary J. Blige is from your generation, not but that's mine. Not, that's Rufus. That's Shaka Khan. That that's why was you're, the instrumental That was not the Mary J. Blige. Ver- I'm telling Evan, you it's the men- would you please? of Mary Was J. that Rufus Blige. featuring Shaka Khan or was that the Mary J. Blige version? That was Mary J. Blige. At least that's what YouTube claims it is. Evan, whose team are you on? Ah! Whose team are you on? Ah! My point is this. Just speaking the truth. Bam, drop the mic. Can we play some can we play somebody who would qualify as Dr. Ken's great great granddaughter like Rihanna <laughs> or Beyonce? Like great Actually they wouldn't Any, be. They would be actually get, my daughter. No, you know, sort of like great, you. great granddaughter. Show some respect with a K on it, Doctor Doctor Ken. We all know that you and Moses <laughs> part of the Red Sea together. E- excuse you just me. Wanted to be, you want to be humble? Me. There you go. And excuse me. Say, no, who was that, Doctor Ken? Me. That's Rihanna. That's Rihanna. <laughs> I was hanging out with Methuselah. <laughs> not her. So I don't know if you're gonna get it. You gonna y- get y'all it. Y'all shout out to Doctor Ken, right. who was so modest and so humble. He did not want any recognition. In what is known as the great book, the Bible, him and Moses worked collectively to part the Red Sea. He just is so modest. He did not want any type of recognition. But yes. So Rihanna, Beyonce. And you still can't use an ink pen. 
Still using I, crayons and chalk. I can't. I can't use the ink pen, Doctor Kim. <laughs> I'm so excited that the weekend is still going on. Yes, it is. Because everybody I emailed said uh, I'll be returning on uh, Wednesday, July 5th. I'm like, dude, y'all was talking all this trash about getting all this work done by. Oh, okay. Thursday. I've been getting some out of office replies that said I'll be back July 10th. I'm like, bam, 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 bam. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take some time off. Thursday. Yes. I'm not going back to next Wednesday. It. Why don't you just wait till next Thursday? Like, what are we doing? Why don't you just stay till Friday? Well, they, they may not have. Not everybody's a boss like you, Dr. Ken. They may not have not a PTO boss. that affords them. I'm not yes, a boss. Yes, you are. I'm a ball. You're a ball? B.O. So what am I? A bo- <laughs> Look, a ball? Bo- a bo- <laughs> you're a bossette. <laughs> Why do you have to, like, make it a female? Because like, you're female thing? and you remind everybody that you're a 47-year-old black and a woman. You better know it and find it. You said for forty-seven. Matter of fact, can I correct you on just a little small piece of uh, public you school math? You always do. So go ahead. You were a woman for roughly f- thirty-five years, maybe. I would okay. hope. I'll play your game, Doctor Ken. I'll play your game. I've been a black but you were female. Black for forty-seven years. I've been a black female. No, is that better? You've been black for forty-seven years and a female. No, no. And okay, no. I'll, I'll go with yeah. female. Okay, I go yeah. with that. Like, what I'll are you go talking with about? I'll go I've been with a that. black female for forty-seven years. I go with that. Is that better? That's that's much better. Because obviously, your definition of a woman is age-based. So, when do you officially become a woman? Eighteen. So you go from girl to woman at eighteen. Girl to teenager to woman. Okay, so WTMJ value listeners, you heard this because the the next time I I never heard you do this, Doctor Kim, but it 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 so irritates me when I okay. hear men refer to to females or women that are over the age of eighteen as girls. No, I never do. They're women. I that just bothers me to the core when I hear grown men refer to grown adult women as girls. Stop it, please. And I hear old guys call me, "Hey, girl." Who are you talking oh, that girl. To? Hey, girls. What? Oh, that gal. Hey, girl. You got it, girl. Hey, gr- I'm like, I am a grown <laughs> woman. I'm not touching okay. that. Uh, not you don't have that. to. I am. Oh, and before we before we adjourn, I do want to clarify. I did not. I never. And this is where I'm asking our valued listeners to demonstrate some empathy. I never felt that I belonged when I was in high school by a number of teachers maybe one or two but the majority they made me not like school and so i did it i graduated and i partnered with a lot of institutions of higher learning as an adjunct faculty member get your education pay your loans (laughs) pay your own loans pay your own loans but we got to do better in this in this in this country as we celebrate our independence Let's make sure that everybody can truly do that in this country. I love y'all very much. Dr. Ken, thank you so much. Wishing y'all a great evening. Have a great week. Make it a great week. And tune in tomorrow to 101.7 FM to hear the truth. God bless.